This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us on this uh, mainly cloudy Sunday morning, sitting at 10 degrees outside our studios. So we are going to talk about Harry, a very special dog in the uh, next few moments, living alone in the remote wilderness. Chris Zakowski has given her dogs a rich life, although not one without uh, a few difficulties, often living in areas where you can only get there using a float plane. The dogs have encountered many things, including grizzly bears, the odd cougar. They have slept in the snow. They have hiked, carrying their own food and equipment. A few fights along the way, perhaps falling into a frozen river or two. And all of these experiences are captured in a new book called Harry, a Wilderness Dog Saga. And to talk more about this is author Chris Zakowski, who joins us on the line. Chris, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, this isn't your first book. You've written a few books uh, that uh, all uh, take place uh, in in the wilderness or certainly take us, uh, the readers, into remote places. Uh, but talk a little bit about this one and what makes a Harry, a wilderness dog saga, a little different. Partly because it's told by the dog. And what happened, uh, and this covers an area, um, a time of about 35 years when I got my first dog and then all the other dogs in between. So Harry came to me seven years ago, and I already had a dog called Badger. And when Harry arrives, Badger starts telling him the story of the pack saga. So it's so it's all written then. Is it all by the point of view of Harry, or it's all by the point of view of uh, of dogs? Well, various dogs. Harry starts it off, and then Badger says that uh, the previous dogs to him all passed their stories onto him, and he is repeating them in their words. So it's as if several dogs are telling the story. And and how was it writing from that point of view and really getting, I, I guess, a bit more leeway as far as not as though Harry was going to tell you, wait a minute, that's not what I was thinking or that's not what I would say. <laughs> well, we can only guess, of course, by the dog's uh, behavior as to what they like or dislike. And uh, uh, Harry himself was found starving and rescued. And most of my dogs are rescue dogs. And uh so I, I would imagine that he was feeling hungry when he was starving and he didn't like riding in a car at first because he wasn't used to it and things like that. So I tried to put myself in his, I was going to say shoes, but that's the wrong word, <laughs> in his paws, I guess. <laughs> uh, what kind of dog is Harry? He's what I call an SPCA special. Nobody really knows. He's just a mixed breed. And about how big? How would you describe him? Well, I consider him medium, but most people down here in the city, when they look at him, they say, whoa, he's so big. (laughs) But he's not huge, huge. He's probably about 80 pounds or something. All right. Uh, When you say down here in the city, I know you're here because you have some uh, book events. Describe, though, you live in a pretty remote area. What is it it that draws you to that, that kind of wilderness living? I was always a loner as a kid, and I've never lived in a town or city in my life. And if I don't get solitude, I get squirrely. So um, it just was a natural progression, I guess. I arrived in Canada over 40 years ago now, and uh, prior to that, traveled the world for a decade. But I always sought isolated or, um, I wouldn't call them all wilderness, but certainly rural to isolated areas. And that's what suited my temperament, I guess. And do you, is it the more remote for you, the better? 
to a certain degree. Now, I've gotten older, so I realize that I can't, and my knees are shot, so I realize I can't live this really wild life forever. So I managed to get myself what I call a retirement home and built myself another house. I built cabins all the way along the way. And uh, this road, though, does have four kilometers of bush road to get to it. So I can drive most of the year. It's a pretty rough road that I have to maintain, but even so, it's, it is road access. Um, and, and in the book, uh, Harry does or talks about encounters uh, with grizzlies and such. You must have had encounters uh, many, many times over the years. Encounters, yes. I've only had a couple of frights, but mostly... I stand there and think, oh, it's a bear, and don't know what to do. And the bear is looking at me and say, oh, it's a human, I don't know what to do. And eventually the bear runs away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good outcome in that scenario. Oh, yes. Um, how do you, uh, as far as uh, heating your cabin, cooking and such, how do you uh, manage the day-to-day? It's pretty much all wood, heating and cooking. Uh, I do have a tiny camp stove, for uh, propane stove for summer cooking when it's too hot outside or inside, but um, I just have wood and I also have uh, solar power for power so I can run my computer and satellite internet. And that answers my next question. I I, I picture you sitting beside a a cook stove writing the book out in longhand, but you do have a computer. Well, publishers don't take things in longhand (laughs) anymore, so yeah, I've had a computer for a number of years, although I didn't get the internet until 2004 was too unaffordable before that, and then the price came down a bit. Um, And I love having the Internet, and in fact, that really, wilderness is not wilderness when you have the Internet. It's not the same thing at all. No, it's not. You're absolutely right. Um, the, the book itself, um, I'm going off the back cover uh, here, uh, capturing the humor and wisdom of a canine perspective in a way that is instantly familiar with it to anyone who has known and loved dogs. Uh, I would put myself in that category, and it's true. Our dogs all have these personalities. But how did you take the personality of Harry and the personality of Badger and turn that into a literary voice? Um, well, I just looked at them as as characters, and they were different animals. Badger was kind of old and grumpy and uh, was a bit of a curmudgeon, and Harry, of course, was young and wanted to do everything in a hurry and uh, thought himself a a cut above everybody else because he could run faster and things like that. So I tried to portray this through when I was writing. Um, I just... I suppose it was like actors being on the stage. When you get on the stage, you are then become the person you're portraying. And I think it's the same with writing. I don't know if it was all that successful, but that's what I tried to do. Uh, because it is it is different uh, to ask a reader to to read something and, and knowing that it's not a human protagonist or antagonist. Or we're talking about the dogs. Yeah, but that's it's not a new idea. I remember as a kid reading... Black Beauty, and the horse told the story there. So it's it's definitely not a new idea that dogs should tell the story, and now a lot of people are doing it. How important are dogs to you in living this the rugged life that you live? The reason I got them in the first place was to carry packs because that meant I didn't have to carry so much when I did long-distance backpacking trips. And, of course, they're companions, um, but the pack carrying was the original thing. Now, I'm of an age and, as I say, retired and want to travel more. 
So I probably won't replace these dogs once they go, but of course I'll give them a home for as long as they wish. Badger is 12 years old already and getting pretty old, but Harry, although he's nine, he's still got a lot of life left in him. Hmm. And I should have asked this too, just to get a visual of Badger. What kind of a dog is Badger? Uh, Badger is a black he was quite hairy, but he got so mad in the spring, I had him shaved, and he hasn't grown back properly yet. Uh, it must be a pretty amazing life for, for the dogs. Well, I suppose so, but then um, uh, they, their previous lives, one was found uh, starving in a rural area, so it's not like he lived in a city to begin with. And uh, Badger, I'm not sure quite where he came from, but he was in the SPCA for eight months because he was beaten by men and he growled at all the men that came in which is why they couldn't place him but as soon as he came to me and he wasn't tied up all the time he settled down very quickly and he no longer does that mm. so um, I'm sure it's a better life for them I know there's they both love and hate coming to the city they hate it because they have to be much more restricted than they normally are uh, but they love it because of all the doggy smells, and I've been taking them into the slideshows, and Harry especially just works the crowd. He just loves being patted and patted all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably don't like having a lead attached to them. Not at all. No. And, uh, of course, they have to be shut. I Sometimes I can take them into my host's homes. It depends where I'm at, but sometimes I have to sleep in the van. Hmm. Uh, and how did the story unfold when you were writing it from the point of view of the dogs? Did the, did the storyline come to you or did you have an idea on what you wanted to focus on and what their perspective would be? Uh, well, it was just much the same as a lot of my other wilderness books. There were certain events and, uh, and most of my other books, I've just done the events in order. But with this one, because I had to keep going back in history, I did jump around back and forth a little bit. And that was an interesting challenge for me to do. And uh, so Harry starts and and then Badger Badger tells them the story and and then they go back into the past. But then we jump forward to Harry again because he's learning what it's like to live with me at the same time. And there are some great photos in the book, uh, sketches as well, or drawings of the dogs. Uh, and and uh, that decision, how did that come about that you wanted to make sure to include uh, pictures as long, uh, along with the text? Uh, all my books have been illustrated by me, so it was just natural to illustrate this one too. Uh, a lot of the drawings, they look a little bit like photos, but not quite, because what they were, they were not very good photos that I printed off and then redrew back into them to make them a better quality for the book. Uh, and and it was kind of an art form by itself, too. Uh, well, it's a, an interesting read for sure. Uh, Chris, you mentioned that your knees are getting a little bit shot. Do you see yourself ever living a different lifestyle or in a different place from where you are now? No, as I say, I can drive in and out, and uh, my original idea was to build a stepless house, but somehow I've got a basement and an attic with steps, so I guess I'll keep going up and down them. But no, I don't want to. People often say, oh, now you're retired, are you you going to live in Williams Lake or Vancouver? I think, no way, it would drive me absolutely crazy to live in a place like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like that's uh, that's the good fit for you. No, not at all. Well, thank you so much. I know you're in uh, town uh, on the Lower Mainland. Uh, you've got some readings coming up uh, Tuesday, October 17th at the McGill branch of the Burnaby Public Library. Uh, the next night, Wednesday, the 18th, the Cloverdale branch of the Surrey Library. Uh, Semiamu branch on Thursday, the 19th. And the next Saturday, the 21st uh, at Black Bond uh, Books in Ladner at Trenton Park Square. Uh, so you're going to be busy for the next few days. Oh, certainly. I've I've already done uh, how many seven slideshows, and then after that, I go to the Okanagan and uh, back to the Caribou. So I've got a whole bunch more to do on my way home. Well, thank you so much for taking uh, some time out of your schedule to chat with us this morning. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Okay, Chris uh, Zakowski. Thank you again. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Bye. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.